Welcome to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungen and Carl Reindler. Scrum pre-gridwalk tonight with thanks to Bedpost. Upgrade your sleep with Bedpost to recharge your mind and body. You can join the conversation tonight, one 736 736 or you can jump onto the 40 Winks Temper text line, 0433-98-1116. I'm Cameron Vandenung and joined by Carl Reinler. We're together again. This is unbelievable. First time since our first show. We've been gallivanting around the world, all sorts of foreign and exotic places, and did you here bring, we are. Did you bring candles? Did you bring me a present? A card? Did you do the same? No, it's about me, Carl. It's not about you. It's always about you. But tonight, it's about the US Grand Prix, qualifying, sprint races, all sorts of things that happened. But when I say tonight, I actually mean six o'clock tomorrow morning, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Are you going to stay up for it? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'm going to do. You've, you've actually just come off the back of a big weekend of calling MotoGP down at Phillip Island. Um, give us a quick rundown of that. Well, I nearly blew away today, I can tell you. We uh, we had the craziest weekend of Phillip Island. It's a Formula One show, but we probably should talk about MotoGP. The Australian Grand Prix Corporation are wonderful supporters of Gridwalk. Uh, Travis Old is the CEO. We had him on the show, I think, episode number two. The new CEO, what a baptism of fire for him when uh, we roll into a Grand Prix down at Phillip Island and uh, the weather is magnificent Thursday. It's beautiful. It doesn't Friday. sound like Phillip Island no, at all. No, it is. It's beautiful. Hey, mate, that's my home track. Don't <laughs> you start getting into Phillip Island. How, right? how good would a Formula One Grand Prix at Phillip Island be? It'd be incredible. We'd have to put the fences back just a little bit further. But in terms of bike racing, MotoGP, the weather was, uh, yeah, let's just say the, the forecast said that the place was going to blow away on Sunday afternoon, and it just about did today. We were doing our hostings in the tent. It was the right call. It was 11 riders down in the Moto2 race. We had um, Holgado down and genuinely injured himself quite badly on the outlap for Moto3 very quickly on MotoGP. Joel Kelso, the Aussie in Moto3, went into the weekend, didn't have a ride secured for next year. This is the, the step on the way to MotoGP, and this kid put it on the front row, signed um, his contract for Moto3 overnight, Saturday night, and then today went and got a podium. Um, incredibly proud of that kid. I interviewed him on the grid last year, and he goes, I'm just going to lick the stamp and send it. And that's his, his just his mentality. I love him. The, the Aussies love Phillip. I mean, they all love Phillip Island as a, as a yeah. rider's circuit. It's, uh, you know, you've got to, got to be brave around that place. It's high speed, yeah. uh, big, big risk, uh, big reward, though. Yeah, and one one big shout-out as well. Sorry, the Saturday Grand Prix, bringing it forward, what a masterstroke. Came down to the last lap, the pass done at turn four, last lap as Jorge Martin gambled with that soft rear tyre. Didn't come off. He was half a lap away from the win. Hey, Carl, I'm staying on it. I know you want to talk F1. We will. <laughs> but we've just about... had the Australian Grand Prix. Um, Peko Bagnaia, he's timed it, just about got through, but the Frenchman Johan Zarco got his first ever MotoGP win, backflipped off the wall. Great Grand Prix. Well done, Grand Prix Corporation. Shame about the weather, but bringing it forward a day was a masterstroke. Love hearing it, mate. Now, Formula One, Texas this weekend. Yeah. What, what have we got on the cards? Charles Leclerc on pole. Ferrari on pole. So if you are part of the Tifosi out there listening in on Gridwalk, happy days. Although Max Verstappen was fastest, track limits were enforced, pinged, he's back to P6. They've got to, um, they've got to get on top of this track limit thing. I think uh, you want the person to be on pole on absolute merit. It's, it doesn't, I just don't think it's a good look. And uh, as we discussed last week, they're putting it back on the circuits to solve the problem. 
which uh, which I I agree. I think well, it's a circuit related problem. Put a pin in this one because we're going to come back to this when okay. we talk about the stewards' room later on. That's I think about segment three a little later in the show. I definitely want to come back to that point because we've touched on it in a, our last episode last week, and we, we will come back to it. Let's stay on uh, qualifying for now. I've got the qualifying results. So this is what will set the grid for tomorrow morning's race, tonight's race, wherever you are and listening into our show right now, whether you're in SENZ or you're in uh, Carl's hometown of Perth, listening in on uh, SENWA. I'm also doing breakfast in SEN Queensland tomorrow morning with Ian Healy. How cool is that? We'll be uh, calling in to talk MotoGP and F1. But Lando Norris, McLaren fans, he'll be starting on the front row alongside Charles Leclerc. Lewis Hamilton fighting back and he and George Russell now now equal again on their qualifying trim. 9-9 between the two of them. Uh, we've got Carlos Sainz and the other Ferrari starting on the outside of the second row. George Russell and Max Verstappen on that third row. The Aussie watch, Oscar Piastri, six tenths off his teammate. He'll start out at P10. And Daniel Ricciardo on his return to the grid. Great to see uh, Danny Rick back. He will be starting out of position 15, a long way back. Yeah, it is a long way back. Uh, I think his best comparison is his teammate, though. I believe Yuki's starting off 11. So he's, I think he's a couple of tenths off Yuki at the moment. So... He's in the ballpark, I think, taking a proper, was it five or six weeks he's taken off to let that hand recover off the Zan, yeah. after Zandvoort. I, I think he can hold his head high. And he qualified ahead of Yuki for the sprint race, which has been run and won already. Um, what did you think of the sprint race? We'll come back to the sprint race oh, in just a second as well. You I'm are, excited. I want to go racing. I didn't give you a rundown, did I? <laughs> That's what's happening here tonight. <laughs> so the Formula One sprint race result, we'll, and we'll talk a bit more about it. Uh, the actual result, Max Verstappen won. All systems normal. All systems resumed. Herp Holland, Herp. My little boys have been running around the house uh, screaming uh, the Max Verstappen and songs. Big, big margin. It was about nine seconds, I think, from memory. So yeah. a pretty solid margin for a sprint race. Lewis, Sir Lewis Hamilton in second place. Charles Leclerc in third and on Aussie Watch, Oscar Piastri home in 10th. And Danny Rick, as you mentioned, better race result, finished in 12th. Yep. I think Oscar may have sustained um, an injury per se to his car on the opening lap. He made contact with Carlos Sainz, I saw, into turn one. So I don't actually get, didn't get an answer on that, whether, whether he did have um, some sort of mechanical issue off the back of that contact. But... Anyway, um, he went backwards, unfortunately. So I, I'm loving, absolutely loving this season, the intra-team battles going on. You've got, you know, Max Verstappen absolutely dominating. Uh, Carlos Sainz has been in form and it's been a bit of a role reversal. Charles Leclerc obviously kicking goals this weekend in Texas. Um, McLaren, great battle between those two, obviously. Lando Norris and Oscar, they're going back and forth a bit. I think Oscar's been the stronger of the two lately, so... Yeah, and then, as you say, Mercedes-AMG, those two are level-pegged for, uh, yeah. What, what about that massive battle at Aston Martin? <laughs> hey? Can we get we need to, we need some sort of tumbleweed noise? In <laughs> no, look, Lance Stroll was only out qualified two positions by Fernando Alonso. Aston Martin shocking qualifying back in seventeenth for Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll out qualified by Alex Elbin in the Williams. He's back down in nineteenth at the end of qualifying for for tomorrow's race. Yeah, it's a bit of a write-off, I think, this weekend for Aston. I know it's that they've a bit they... of a write-off this year for Lance Stroll, really. Mm, yes, well, we've we've been there, we've discussed that, um, we've we've shared our opinions. Um, they brought some updates. They haven't worked this weekend. They have acknowledged it. Um, I like seeing accountability in the sport rather than playing the blame game, and they're just going to treat it as a learning weekend, experiment, you know, try something a little bit different, go aggressive on strategy. It's kind of nice. Well, you'd rather be in a position with a fast car, but alternatively. 
when you've got nothing to lose, throw the kitchen sink at trying something different. Pretty cool track at uh, Austin, isn't it? Circuit of the Americas. We've actually got it on in here, the replays around all of our screens in our studio in SEN. Uh, if you'd like to join in the conversation, one 736 736 you can call in or you can also text us on the 40 Winks Temper text line 0433 98 I'd love to know what you thought of qualifying or if you've got any predictions for the race tonight, especially with Max Verstappen having to come through from six to try and win that race. Yeah, the McLarens have been really fast in race pace. The uh, Mercedes-AMGs have been super fast as well. We like seeing, you know, Max is one of the best when it comes to aggression and race tactics, uh, that kind of race intelligence that we talk about. So, look, I can see him coming through, but uh, he's going to have to work bloody hard if he's going to win it Win it from P6, I think. It's, it's leveled out at the tail end of this season. The other teams have bridged that gap to the Red Bull team. So, it's, uh, I think we're in for a heck of a race. Let's start getting into our show. Later on, we've got for DRS, our drama, rumours, social segment, Greg Rust will be calling in. Thruster, my mate from, uh, well, we call, we've called so much this year. We've been calling in Singapore. We've been over in, uh, oh, geez, we've been to a few tracks together and he was helping out down at MotoGP. When I say helping out, he's like the host of the show and I'm just helping him out. But while I've got the microphone, he's helping me out. So he'll be joining us for DRS after the break. Um, We've also got track, lim- track limits. Actually, let's get stuck in to track limits straight off the top. Track limits. Track limits for Temper, a mattress like no other. Proud sponsors of the Formula One on SEN. Okay, that was a third stroke of track limits. You've now been given the black and white flag. Is Cam inside or outside the track? Okay, with track limits, we want you to join in this conversation. Remember, one 736 736 or the 40 Winks Temper text line, 0433-981116. You ready for it, Carl? Hit me. Go track for Track limits. Sprint races. Why? Why? Sack the sprint race. Get rid of it. I I, I personally like it. I, I think it's great. What What is it you don't like about the sprint race? It's meaningless. They started, most of the front runners started on secondhand tyres. They all started used tyres. Hang on, hang on. Wind back the clock. Qatar. That was an interesting race, I thought. Yeah, okay. What I'll give you is this. I appreciate that it gave Oscar his first sort of F1 win. It's a bit of a disclaimer, though. Not a real one. He won't claim it. Yeah, it doesn't is, go in the record books of a Grand Prix there's an win. There's asterisk next to that yeah, one. They're not a Grand Prix. They do taint our record books. Play around with qualifying all you want, but you know you can do whatever you want. But let's just ditch this. Oh, 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 I was about to say some very strong language, but I won't say it. Ditch the sprint race. Sack the sprint race. It no. doesn't form our grid for our Grand Prix. Get rid of it. I, it's I, boring. I it's like to ineffective. Take, I like to take the opposing argument just because it's you, Cam. <laughs> but but I, I actually believe the sprint race. Maybe the format needs to be adjusted a little bit. I'm not. I'm not sure if they've got the recipe. What quite. does it do? That, see, at the track, it's it's fantastic. I think I've been at uh, I think eleven Grands Prix this year, and. The sprint races that I've been at, I feel like it draws more of a crowd to. See, we're, we're lucky here in Australia. Those that have been to the Australian Grand Prix, you, you can feel the atmosphere. The, the Europeans that come to the Australian Grand Prix think it's one of the best, the Aussie fans are all time. But a lot of the Grand Prix that we go to, the fans, are they, they don't turn up on a Friday afternoon. They don't come on a Saturday. They turn up for Sunday afternoon for the feature race. And it, it it leaves you kind of a bit empty when you're there at the track. You're expecting more of a more more vibe, more of an experience. And I think the sprint race, it fast tracks all the, you know, 
the, the, the stuffing around really in practice, like the, the practice sessions used so to be. you're making my argument for me. You're saying it's a whole filler. That's what you're saying. No, no. I, so I think that it's a waste of time going out there for. Can you clip that up, please, Chris? Three. Yeah, that's what he said. Three practice, three practice sessions, hour long practice sessions where half the cars are not even out there most of the time. They're in the pits. They're going through data and everything. People that are going to the track, yeah, from a TV perspective, maybe there's a different different discussion. But if you're a fan that's paid good money, and it is expensive to go to go to a, in fact, the Australian Grand Prix is one of the most affordable on the entire calendar. So why don't we make two Grand Prix on a weekend then? Saturday Grand Prix, Sunday Grand Prix. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe, but so is, is it the sprint race format itself? What have you got an issue with? Oh, I've got an issue with a lot, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of issues, but that's a like. Just oh, need to like, start massaging that earlobe, mate. Uh, Just chill out. <laughs> let's not start a therapy session for me because that's a, that's another story altogether. <laughs> no, okay. Where I have my issue is that I'm I and I'm a purist. And this is what I get ripped on by all my mates in the the media centre that love their uh, what do you call it um, almost made up bloody you know the the IndyCar and throw competition cautions. I like the purity of Formula One racing. The Grand Prix is what it's all about. Don't mess you're, around with a Grand Prix and put an ineffective okay. nothing race before it. Okay, you're you're also a. A bit of a dying breed in some respects, <laughs> Cameron. No, Formula One's changed. They've got to keep up with the times. They've got to um, change the recipe and, and mix it up, try and make it a little bit more interesting. Otherwise, it gets a bit stale. I think the willing the willingness to explore alternative ways of going about a weekend, I, I think it's great. Hey, about to see the contact here. Was, that was a big hit that Oscar hot, copped. Did you see that on the screen? No, I was, uh, I was too busy just trying <laughs> to mount my argument Sorry, here at the moment. <laughs> Can I, we stay on our radio show? We're not actually on TV at the moment, Carl. I, I think the sprint race is entertaining for fans. It brings people to the track on Friday because it's a qualifying session. The two most entertaining parts of a weekend are qualifying and, and the race. It's not FP1, FP2 and FP3. Okay. If you would like to join Carl on the other side of the fence and, you know, this made-up little fantasy land of racing, Righto. then by all means, dial in 1-300-736-736, 40-winks temper text line 0433-98-1116. And I begrudgingly give you this text, Carl, uh, that we get from Jimmy. You, Jimmy. Jimmy, you're a legend. Sprint race is for shiz and giggles, whatever that means. And we know what that means. Yeah, we know that. Two to one in favour in our house. Jimmy, you only put one name, so you only get one. No, you don't get two in your house. Carl, one your way, none my way. Come on, people. Give me a text. Someone someone, get on my side, please. Does anyone else see the purity of racing anymore? Anyone? I'm a purist too, Cameron, but... <laughs> I'm a dying breed, apparently. I'm a dinosaur, uh, you call no, me. No, we need to keep up with the times. We want to provide... People, your attention span's shorter these days, right? You, you need to have sprint races as well. I, I switch the TV on for both sprint and, and feature race, put it that way. All right, we're going to take a break. I would love you. Someone, please join my side on track limits. We need to sack the sprint race. Right now, though, it's time for a break on Gridwalk. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433-98-1116. You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reindler. DRS is open. Now it's time for DRS. Drama, rumours, socials. Thanks to Sportsnet. Sportsnet holidays for money can't buy F1 experiences. We're at that time of year, Carlos, when it's all about drama, rumours and socials. And we've got a special guest who's joining us on the line. Greg Rust, welcome back to Gridwalk, mate. Thank you for giving up your time. 
long time listener, first time caller. Thanks, Cam, for having me. <laughs> Mate, we haven't had you since Singapore. We've been, uh, you and I have been playing down in Moto GP, and Carl was. Uh, I'm, I'm going to. We've got a few things to talk with you about, Rusty, in a sec. But Carlos yeah. wants to ask you about Moto GP and just how good I was. Well, no, how did you well, put up with him for another three days beyond uh, your, your four day stint at Singapore? More like it. Well, I, I, Carl, as I talk to you, I'm sitting with uh, members of the production team, my, my long-time colleagues, and they are exhausted from having dealt with Cam all weekend and his list of demands and, uh, you know, uh, he's very particular about what he commentates and works on. And uh, it lasts for a lot of makeup, Carl, too, apparently. He's, he's, a, he's a princess, isn't he? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. You got your first princess away. Okay. That's nice. Thank you very much. DRS is what we're here to talk about, though. Drama, rumours, socials. Rusty, as if you remember anyone that watched or listened to the Singapore show, Rusty was, uh, was actually very much involved in the creation of this. Rusty, you're going to love this first one. Carlos, you don't even know this is coming. No. But have you guys heard of Swiftonomics? Have you heard of Formula One? going cray-cray for Tay-Tay, even though she has not even bought into the sport. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about, Carlos? You've completely oh, lost oh, me, Cam. Okay, Rusty, come on, Rusty. Oh, do you know about Formula oh, One creating its Taylor era, going into its Taylor era? I have a colleague who may or not, may or not be sitting with uh, Carl there on the panel that uh, has tried to draw a crazy long bow here about Taylor Swift ending up with some sort of involvement in a Formula One team now or within the sport more more broadly. Uh, is this where you're going with this? Uh, this it is rumor? exactly, exactly what? where I'm going. Taylor Rusty. Swift's got a boyfriend now. Everybody, the whole world knows NFL's numbers have blown the doors off I, it. Can I cut you off right there, yeah. Cam? So, Rusty, it was only about seven mm. or eight minutes ago, I reckon, that, that Cam was talking about being a purist <laughs> <laughs> of, of motorsport. <laughs> he's, 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 we, uh, he's, he's told me he wants to scrap the sprint race because he He's a purist, yet he is talking about Taylor Swift's involvement in Formula One. Hold on a second. Is that not a double standard? Well, what I would like to do, I'm a huge believer in crediting Carl, so you should ask your colleague there where he should be crediting this rumour because I don't know that he's the one that's that's joined the dots here. I think it might have come from someone else. No, there's there's no credit to be had because I'm only drawing a long bow. If you watched any of the socials, and this is what this segment's about, all the socials, they have entered their Taylor era and she hasn't even bought into the sport. Her boyfriend, mm. Travis Kelsey, who's a star player as part of the Kansas City Chiefs, he's uh, he's with his teammates in, um, in uh, the quarterback there. Uh, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to... Pat Mahomes, he's, he's involved there as well. Boxer Anthony Joshua, golfer Rory McIlroy, Liverpool star Trent Alexander-Arnold and Spanish footballer Juan Mata have all okay. bought in to Alpine F1. So how, tell me, how does this relate to Taylor Swift? Because Taylor Swift is dating one of them. Have you not seen socials blow up? No, mate, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm a purist, as I said. <laughs> I, I'm watching on, this mate. sport for it is. I think it's exciting that there's other uh, you know professional athletes around the world that interested in Formula One that they want to buy into to a team. I yeah. think that's fantastic. What so it's is it Alpine that they've bought yeah, into? Yeah, they've bought in Alpine. Okay. Do you know who also owns Alpine at the moment? It bought in probably earlier this year. Ryan Reynolds, uh his mate Rob McElhenney, and Michael B. Jordan, the actor. They have all bought into Alpine. What's with Alpine? I mean that's uh I mean it it could be a really clever move, I reckon. I think it's exciting. But yeah, there's I, a lot of celebrities that buy, you know, basketball teams, uh, baseball teams, etc. So why not Formula One? You know what? I, I, although Cam is going with a rumour here, 
the, the, the dot joining is actually pretty reasonable. Imagine if, if, let's just do this hypothetically for a second, imagine if they pull that off and they get a bit of involvement somehow from a Taylor Swift off the back of everything that's just the Kansas rattled off there in terms of the buy-ins and involvement from others. If she did get enthused about the idea of that, that's huge for Formula One. I'm And I'm not just making this up. Jump onto the team socials over the weekend. There were all of the um, Taylor Swift outfits, music. They were all dressed up. I think even the Alpine drivers rolled in to like a blank space or one of her songs. It is all over socials. And she's not even she's not even a part of the ownership. It's her boyfriend that bought in. And yet the Swifties are now, they've left NFL now. They're trying to take over Formula One. And the purist in me, Carl, struggles with that a little bit. But at the same time, imagine if she goes and buys Alpha Tauri. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I mean, she's, uh, she's a very clever businesswoman, isn't she? All right. So yeah. that's, that's my socials. There's no rumour in that. That was probably more socials, although we probably could have started a rumour. Oh, geez, I can tell you my phone's starting to blow up with a few people. Uh, oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to look at my phone. Remember, if you do want to jump into the conversation, you can text us on the 40 Winks temper text line. Not my personal mobile, as it's just gone off with every Swifty I know. 0433981116. You can jump in should Taylor buy a Formula One team. But, Rusty, this is one I actually want to put to you. It's a rumour that has been continuing. You and I jumped on our friend Rob Van Leeuwen, who runs the media centre at the Australian Grand Prix. He's involved in Singapore, and he's actually flown over to Mexico to be part of the... Uh, running the media centre there. And you and I were both fighting for our various shows because Rusty's got a wonderful podcast, by the way. We should give a plug to Rusty's Garage. Or I think the team at Dorna were calling it Greg's Garage. Weren't they, Rusty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was very funny when they did that. And I love those those guys. I've been working with them for years. And when they said that during the weekend, it was uh, cause for a good laugh. He, he nearly got in a bit of trouble, the old Rusty. But he'll never say that. No, he didn't get in trouble at all. Rusty. Sergio Perez, the rumour that has just had, is caught on fire, is that he's going to retire after Mexico. Now, he's come out, his team's come out and said it's not happening. Where do you stand on it? Do you think there's any truth to that rumour? I'm a huge believer in a bit of smoke, there's fire. So how did we get to this point? Was it someone that, that has been championing the Liam Lawson bandwagon and thought that, you know, maybe this is a possibility? He was in a form slump, so I could see how he could arrive um, in that position, but I mean, people that are travelling with the circus on a regular basis have have sort of hinted that there is going to be some kind of announcement in in Mexico. So um, they've denied it. Um, but how often do you find um, in in these moments when there's a there's a bit of denial around that later on it in, it in fact was you know it's just a matter of trying to shut it down at the time rather than not necessarily the truth kind of thing. So let, let's let's watch this space. Um, I would hate to think that, that he went. He's actually done. I mean, we can't lose sight of the fact that he's won a couple of races this year. Yes, his form's been off, off, uh, uh, you know, uh, off par, if you like, or not, not uh, been great of late. Um, but on the patriotic side, there'd be more than a few people that, that wouldn't mind um, some drivers either being um, moved around within that Red Bull family that are, that are, you know, from this part of the world. Yeah, look, Rusty, I agree with you. I think where there is uh, smoke, there's fire. Uh, I don't necessarily think that something's going to happen at Mexico, but everyone's been talking about this potential ultimatum if, uh, you know, if he doesn't finish runner-up in every race, is one of them I heard, uh, for the remainder of the season. But the other one is if he doesn't retain second place in the World Drivers' Championship. And obviously Lewis uh, had a great result overnight in the sprint race, finishing second, mm. currently third in the uh, Drivers' World Championship uh, with 
Five races to go. Um, I think Lewis is a red-hot shot at taking second place, which would please Toto Wolf. I mean, how how stoked would he be to uh, to nick that one off uh, off off Red Bull? But uh, I, I think there's potentially more rumour to that. Um, you know, I think if he doesn't finish second in the championship, I think Red Bull are in a pretty strong position to say, hey, sorry, mate, bad luck. In in the meantime, we've we've got an SMS from a Swifty right now. Are you ready? Uh, <laughs> don't forget a. a this is this is actually going to get to momentum here. The the text comes from Allison in Mentone. Don't forget Taylor is best friends with Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds' wife. Really, she is the mastermind of the whole thing. I'm, Rusty, this could be gaining momentum. I'm confused by the whole thing. <laughs> I'm trying to piece it all together. Right to every Taylor Swift song on on Spotify by the sounds of it. Allison no, well. Well, we'll find out a little later on. Okay, so the rumour. Now, um, we think there's some uh, truth to the rumour around Checo going, but I don't think it'll be at Mexico either. I think uh, we, we've both got our messages in to Rob. He's going to let us know the moment he knows out there. And, and I'll just add this. They were talking about writing some letters and, and, sorry, articles for the magazine, and everyone was asking the question, and they're just writing a straight little article. No one's saying anything. Um, but with that much news, I don't think they'll do it at Mexico. That actually, where that rumour came from, from was uh, allegedly one of the sponsors, one of the Mexican sponsors came out and made this statement at a sponsor's function. That was where that came from. But let's just say this happens all the time at every major event. That's where rumours start. Hey, um, hey, Rusty, you and I will be all over this one. This is one of the big ones. This is one I've been sitting on. Are you, ex- are you ready for this, Rusty? This, this next one? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Someone you and I know really well, you and I know him really well, is sitting 19th in the FIA World Drivers' Championship <laughs> with two points. It is incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Russ, would you like to announce who has just come out of nowhere to sit 19th in the World Championship? Well, the thing for me is there's graphic evidence of this, right? It may have been broadcast or shown on socials or certainly within a, uh, a thread or, or, or friendship WhatsApp group that a medical car, said medical car driver who may or may not be sharing this radio program with you has somehow picked up uh, some world championship points. And as good friends of his, we would like to know uh, what the, the, the sort of revenue share or dividend on, on those points uh, might be, Carl. Well, well, Rusty, I've, I've actually already cashed my check. Um, and, I, <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and I won't be here next week because I'm going to go and buy myself an island. Uh, Can we play some celebratory music? <laughs> Carl Reinler is 19th in the World Championship. Uh, ahead of Logan Paul. <laughs> I mean... Uh, Pretty, pretty funny, I must admit. My, uh, Who would you like to thank? <laughs> I'd like to thank my sponsors. <laughs> would you like to thank the guy that does the supers <laughs> on, on the coverage? Uh, obviously uh, a little typo from uh, whoever's responsible for it at, at, at Formula One, but I, I did get a, a real um, kick out of seeing my well, seeing the medical car listed. I do share the role, so I might have to split the prize money 50-50 with Bruno, but... Um, yeah, quite quite a funny moment. My phone lit up when that happened on the TV because uh, everyone hey, saw it. Motorsport.com put out a, a, a social media post, which is why it makes DRS here, <laughs> that it has a picture of Logan Sargent looking bemused, and it says the moment he realised he was being beaten by the medical car in the World Championship. <laughs> Rusty, oh, this is incredible, rough. hey? We, we share this microphone, this, this these airways with uh, with greatness, don't we? Do you reckon that has been something that behind the scenes in television land someone has done for maybe just a bit of a 
a bit of a laugh among among colleagues, and you know you, you need a bit of fun like that behind the scenes when you you know got big long days in television. And do you think that then accidentally went to air? So <laughs> someone has somehow pressed that. And oh. aired it. So, uh, Carl, uh, congratulations. I look forward to the invite when you move to your private island uh, near Richard Branson. Don't forget about Cam and I with, with well, all that money you're about to earn from World Championship points, mate. Well as done. As long as it's not near Epstein Island, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, Cameron, don't go there. <laughs> We've just we've lost Rusty. He's out the back door. Don't worry about exactly. that. Hey, no. In all seriousness, though, Carl. Then before we lose Rusty, Rusty, am I inside or outside track limits when I say sack the sprint? Oh, well, you've just come from MotoGP this weekend, and and being around many of the MotoGP riders who have absolutely embraced the sprint, the teams are really enjoying it. It's a new dimension, for relatively new dimension for Formula One. It gives um, fans, because of the explosion of fans that that sport has enjoyed through Drive to Survive and so, and so on, something to really look forward to on a, on a Saturday now. Um, and I just, yes, it creates more work for teams and, and it's you know, hard on riders and, you know, and drivers respectively. But it's another another addition to the spectacle, I, I, and particularly for a casual fan, the sprint's good. It's 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 a thank, thank no, you, Rusty. I think your outside track limits is the answer to the question. And if we look back on the history of your show so far, Cameron, I would have to say you would have been called to the stewards on many occasions for being <laughs> outside track limits so far on this program. I- Oh, mate, that was actually regular when I used to race cars. The amount of money I handed to the stewards, I swear they put a wing on it, Motorsport Australia. Carl, did you ever get done for anything with the stewards? Ever get fined? Oh, of course I did. That's, uh, that's why I do the driving standards role Just to pay days. it all back. <laughs> hey, Greg Russ, thank you very much for joining us on the line. We really appreciate you giving up the time, especially because you work so hard at MotoGP. Um, before you go, MotoGP, it was uh, a, a rough way to end it, but what a race it was yesterday. Your take on the weekend for the Australian Grand Prix. Unbelievable. Nice to see Johan Zarco get through for um, a, a first win in MotoGP. That's uh, something that was very popular in the paddock. We were confronted with crazy weather conditions. Um, in the end, uh, when we ultimately left the track today, um, I, I must point out too, Carl, it was about two hours after Cam, you know, was in a blaze of glory. So we hung around for a little bit longer. <laughs> Um, but when we left, the, the wind had come right up. It was blustering, and the right decision was absolutely made. And yet again, something different in the in the history pages of um, of MotoGP at Formula One staging the main event on the on the Saturday. And sadly today, we couldn't we couldn't get the sprint done, and only half of Moto Two got completed before um, weather kind of thwarted us. Uh, thank you very much, Greg Rust. You've been an absolute legend. That was DRS Drama Rumours Socials with thanks to Sportsnet. Access Sportsnet's exclusive travel packages to every thrilling race of the F1 season at sportsnetholidays.com forward slash gridwalk. It's time now for a quick break on gridwalk. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433 98 1116. You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reidler. What if I told you I'm a mastermind?
That's Taylor Swift. She's a mastermind, mate. Carl, I'm telling you, DRS. I know it's going to be good for the sport if it happens, but uh, I... I'm still struggling to piece it all together. She's a mastermind. <laughs> hey, do you hear that? Blake Lively, she's married to Ryan Reynolds. She's Taylor Swift's best mate. Ryan Reynolds has brought all the celebrities in. No, you're killing me. No, you're saying it's done. Okay, that was DRS. Don't worry about that. I'm I'm all about that. We're going to bring you more of that. We're going to bring you more of that. When Taylor Swift buys the sport, which is probably going to happen at some stage, let's be honest, she's bought everything else, uh, then we'll, we'll say you heard it here first. In the meantime, though, it's time for the stewards' room. On Gridwalk, it's the Stewards Room. Thanks to Morris, bringing our personal approach to personal finance. Stewards Room is our opportunity to pull apart some of the contentious and sometimes less contentious decisions that come out of the Stewards Room as part of the FIA. Normally, we have Motorsport Australia's Director of Motorsport, Michael Smith, join us. However, it's not that controversial that's been popping up, so you and I can pull this apart. Carl, you are a uh, representative of the FIA. I am not going to put you in any position because you would never take a contrary position because you are part of that world. You've been a driving standards advisor in the past, but we've got to talk about a couple of things and let's start to analyse how they came about uh, we'll start with George Russell because he's actually got two of them at the moment over the course of this weekend. The first one came about during his qualifying for the sprint race where he was done for impeding and was dropped uh, a little bit back down the order. I'm going to ask the question, should Mercedes feel slightly aggrieved when we saw a lot of impeding happening at Singapore and nothing was done about it? We saw a rule change at Monza and Ferrari were the team that immediately broke that by dropping below the minimum threshold. Then Mercedes go and impede in one lap and they cop the penalty. Should they feel a bit aggrieved or is it relatively clear cut? I don't know. I mean, they might feel aggrieved, but this is such a tricky one to answer. The the beauty about what the FIA are trying to achieve at the moment, they're, they're actually... It's it's unusual to adjust rules throughout the course of a season. Imagine halfway through an AFL season just saying, oh, now you only get five points for kicking a goal or something like that. I, I can't think of a – that's a terrible example. But um, they're trying to address an issue. Uh, it's a safety concern. Cars going too slow when cars are on a qualifying lap where the closing speed could be – you know, north of 200 kilometres an hour. They're trying to avoid a catastrophic accident. Yep. That, that's ultimately what they're trying to achieve. But that when you when you try to adjust a rule or change, you know, put some constraints in place, which is effectively what they've done, it's kind of a Band-Aid fix in a way. It creates other issues or there's a loophole to kind of figure it out. So the, the teams are almost one step ahead of the FIA uh, when it comes to this. And they're all collectively, I, I sit, on, sit in on these driver's briefings, I can tell you they're all collectively trying to solve this solution for the better, for the, for the best possible outcome, but they haven't been able to find it yet. So to answer your question, should Mercedes-AMG be aggrieved by being impeded at Singapore? Maybe, but they're still trying to address this uh, this impeding rule. Um, I think it does need to be addressed. We we do need a solution, and the, the, what's currently happening isn't it's not addressing the you know the root of the problem. Okay, we'll stay on George then. And no, thank you for giving us that one because it is difficult. I get that. There's a lot of interpretation. That's how Ferrari got away with uh, you know a, a regulation change, and they were immediately outside of it. But there was an interpretation put in, which is the wiggle room that the stewards do have. It's hard to make that black and white. And and if it is black and white, it never becomes an issue, right? But but it's these little grey rules that are created uh, where you do have some wiggle room or some scope or, 
you know, a reason to to get out of it, an excuse. That's that's where you have these situations like like Monza with uh, with Ferrari. Uh, George Russell getting done in the sprint race as well, going around the outside of Oscar. Did Oscar have an issue with that car? Uh, as I said at the start, I I haven't heard. I have a strong feeling that he had a mechanical issue with the car off off the back of the uh, the contact he had with Carlos Sainz at the start of the race into Turn One, but. George trying to go around the outside. And I've got to say, I'm, I'm a bit fed up with drivers whinging and trying to throw each other under the bus. I've, I've had a bit of a gutful with it. I, I heard the radio conversation that George made um, after he'd done it. He, he felt aggrieved that he'd copped a five-second penalty. But the black and white of it is that he was all four wheels off, off the track. He was off the track. And to make the excuse that Oscar forced him out there is, you know, if, I, if those that have seen it, you'll, you'll all agree with me, I think, that it was... <laughs> Welcome to Carl's world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just think it was ridiculous. You got to cop those penalties on the chin. Um, I'd like to see more of that. All right. Now the big one, we call track limits my segment, but track limits is really the talk of this year when it comes to penalties, applications. Max Verstappen lost his lap time. He was all four wheels outside the track limits. Um, how do we fix it, Carl? We started to touch on it in the last uh, the last episode of Gridwalk. Um, you mentioned that uh, the FIA, you know, it's hard when you, you develop tracks for bikes and cars. There are special requirements. What? Where do we go? I mean, we're not really making any headway on this. It needs a solution. And the reason it needs a solution, for, for one, it's difficult to police. I, I feel for the stewards, they are working hard as it is dealing with normal, you know, normal racing incidents, let alone preoccupied, you know, looking at every single corner from, from 20 different cars out there on track. But, but for the spectacle, I don't think it looks good whether it's qualifying or in the race, what we saw at Austria with, uh, you know, however many hundreds of, of track limits, they, they need to find a solution. Um, it's easy to blame the drivers and say, we'll just stay within the track limits. It's, you know, there's been some really aggressive commentary around, or oh, why don't we just put walls at the exit of, uh, of, of every, uh, every corner it's going to be a collective solution, I think, from everyone. All right. We're going to stay on that throughout the rest of this year. You've been listening to the Stewards Room. Morris with Finance. Morris Finance, I was going to say. Morris makes all finance simple for your business investment or personal finance needs. Call Morris today. And with that, we're going to take a break before we bring it home. Join the conversation. Text us on 0433-98-1116. You're listening to Gridwalk with Cam Van Den Dungan and Carl Reindler. Now on Gridwalk, Track Sweeper. We are on the final lap here on Gridwalk for this week's episode, the US Grand Prix build-up. And uh, just a reminder, we'll, we don't have any time for calls, but we can certainly take your text still. 40 Winks Temper, text line 0433-981116. Track Sweepers is all about our young drivers that are up and coming, both Australian and New Zealand drivers that have not yet made it to Formula One. The reason we call them Track Sweepers is they're normally on before the big show. You and I have been Track Sweepers over the journey, Carlos. But the one I want to talk about at the moment, he's only one rung below the top tier, and that's Jack Doohan. Uh, he gets an opportunity to run in FP1 in the Alpine at Mexico next week and then again at Abu Dhabi. So FP1 run, two sessions out there in Formula 1 in 2023. But, Carlos, if we are struggling to find a seat for Liam Lawson, if we are struggling to find a seat for Tio Porcher, another gun out of F2, uh, where is Jack actually at? Well, 
he's had several race wins in Formula Two. He's his work ethic you cannot fault. He works hard off the track, on the track. He's uh, he's had a bit of a rough season in F two. They just didn't get on top of that car early in the season, and they're quite a fickle car to, to get right from an engineering perspective, is my understanding. I caught up with Mick, uh, his father. Mighty Mick. Mighty Mick. He was probably down at Phillip Island, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, at the Singapore Grand Prix. Jack was up there as well. He He's secured himself. He's, he's been a reserve driver for the Alpine Formula One team for a, a couple of years now, at least officially this year, definitely. He's a talented young bloke. He is, you know, he's shown that he's competitive. But you're right. It's uh you need to dominate these championships like Oscar has done. Um, you know, you look at Liam. Liam, you know, has, has run one races in F2 as well and struggling to find a seat. How cool was he as a guest last week, by the way? He what was a, brilliant. What, what a, a legend. legend. We love, uh, love Liam. But, uh, yeah, for Jack, I mean, I think he's found himself in a really happy place there. But I just don't see those two current Alpine drivers going anywhere anytime soon. So that's yeah. the issue. There's no, there's no vacant seats anywhere in Formula 1, at least – Next year, we know for sure. Although there's the Williams seat, which I don't think has quite been firmed up for Logan yet. Although for, oh. for all you know, intensive oh, the, the team's right behind him though. They're right behind him. We've heard that a few times before in uh, ball sports throughout Australia. Yeah, but uh, being aligned with that uh, with Alpine, I think has to be a good thing. Yeah, he uh, might get a call up like Liam. You know, you never know if there's an accident, in, an injury, or sickness, or something like that. So it may be that opportunity that Liam had, which uh, which could help. Jack moving forward. We can only hope that he does get that opportunity, Jack doing. So watch out for him. He's going to be in FP1 in Mexico and also in Abu Dhabi. Let's talk about two Kiwi drivers now because we do go out on SENZ. Track Sweepers is about up-and-comers. Louis Sharp, he is a gun. This young Kiwi has just won the 2023 British F4 Championship very highly rated. He is on the up and up. Watch out for that driver. Also backed by David Dicker, who from Roden Cars. Just like Liam Lawson, he says he owes an awful lot to that uh, that man that uh, and his backing. So watch out for Louis Sharp. And Liam Lawson from New Zealand, who was on our, our guest last week, has just come off his stint in Formula One. He goes back to Super Formula Championship in Japan next weekend to try and take home that title. And wouldn't that be great for Liam Lawson? Yeah, I'd love to see that for Liam. Currently second in the championship. I think he's within uh, within grasp of that win. And I think that confidence from Formula One will, uh, you know. All right. I think you're right. We've got race predictions, Carlos. The race will be at 6 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Who have you got for the race win? Charles Leclerc on pole position. I think the Mercedes AMGs have been super fast in the race. And I, I'm going to say Lewis Hamilton for the win here in Texas. And I reckon Lando Norris will be second from Max Verstappen. Wow, driving eh? from sixth place and third. That's that's my prediction. So here we go. You've gone Lewis, Lando, and Max. Is that, that your top three? That's my top three. Okay, I'm going to give it two. Are you ready for this? Lando Norris for his first ever win. Coming tonight out of P2. Four times out of the last five, the person second has led the first lap of the Grand Prix. Uh, Valtteri Bottas will be coming up on our show next week. How cool is that? we got VB. He's fantastic. Great right. guy. You have been tuned into Gridwalk with thanks for, to Bedpost. Tonight, we've got the US Grand Prix. We'll be back with you next week in the build-up to the Mexico Grand Prix. But for now, goodbye, good night, and we'll see you next week.